January 5th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, did we ever think we'd be sitting here going into week 18 with an Eagles clinched playoff spot? That's right, playoffs. Go figure. Sixers have won four in a row and five of six. The Flyers have been out west for what seems like ever, and they've got COVID problems. Added more to the COVID list today. College football national championship is Monday night. We're going to talk some Phillies baseball, and it's the final week of our fearless NFC East predictions. There is so much to talk about. Yeah, going to be an action-packed, informative show, Bill. And, and by the way, regarding NFL picks, you, Boob, and I are in a real, real tight race going into the final weekend of the regular season. And I don't know if you know this, but we're going to extend it right on through the playoffs. We are so tight, and we're so good. We're actually having a pretty good year after a rough start, kind of like the Eagles. Uh, and, Bill, we're going to fight it out for that $10,000 grand prize and the new <laughs> Tesla. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I've just been told there will not be any such prizes, but, hey, we're going to see who wins the competition anyway. I hear you. Well, hey, we have a couple great guests tonight, a former Phillies no-hit pitcher and NL champion Tommy Green and Eagles insider Dave Smadero will be joining us in the second half. We've got it covered. Yeah, you'd think we maybe would talk football first, but no, we're going to do all the football talk in the second half of the hour including our visit with Mr. Spadaro and give everybody our picks. But we need to find out if we're going to have a baseball season, Bill. So let's talk a little Phillies with our first guest. Let's get it started. Let's welcome Tommy Green back to Philly Press Box Radio. Tommy, welcome and Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you guys. Glad to be on with you. Hey, Tommy. uh, Yeah, let's talk about uh, what's going on with baseball. The MLB lockout began just over a month ago, December 2nd or 3rd, and we've heard virtually nothing since then. Now, supposedly, they're going to start talking again in earnest this month about some of the economics and everything. Have you heard anything about the potential talks, the sticking points? Is there going to be spring training? Can I go down there and see some spring training games in March? I wish I was privy to all that information, (laughs) but I've been a part of the process way back, and it's and it's you know, it can be trying, you know, you, you want them to talk, you want besides to, to get going a little bit, because that's the only way things will get resolved at some point, they got to get together and, and, and find a common ground at some point. And um, hopefully that'll start happening here, you know, in the coming week or so, you know, so you get that start going, because we really don't need to miss anything. I'm talking spring training or anything. Guys need to be ready uh, for the season to get this thing going because of everything that's happened the past couple of years. We need, you know, everybody's looking forward to spring baseball. Absolutely. And, you know, baseball itself struggling a little bit with some trying to do some rule changes, do some things, keep some interest (laughs) or or gain some interest. Uh, (laughs) Rule changes. They've done enough to this game, man. Isn't it? that the truth? Oh my uh, God. But but I would say baseball doesn't need a lockout. They they don't need to start the season no. late. They don't need none of that stuff, uh, man. I mean, I mean that's just coming. That's from a baseball. Per, I mean, purse. That's from the little the inside of my heart. You you know, I know. Bottom line, you learn when you sign. I know when I signed and you know got in the game uh, on the pro side of it, where you start getting paid for it. Uh, I mean, you, you play the game for the love of it. You know, I mean, you'd love to play baseball and love to it. But when you sign, you, you, 
you start getting paid for it, you're a number. It's a bit, you learn it's a business real quick. And uh, because you see people get released, you get people, you know, who they got money in, they hang on a little bit longer. They'll give them a second chance a little bit more, you know, that type of thing. And this, you can be the odd number out. I mean, you see a lot of disappointment guys get their dreams stepped on. I mean, there's a lot of different things that happen, you know, and it, and it comes down to the, the economics of things, uh, uh, the money side. And, uh, and and they have to find a common ground at some point where everybody can be sort of a piece. If we all make money, that's good. Well, yeah, let's that's hope good. That. If we're all making money, that's a good thing. Ain't it? Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Well, let's hope for the best and uh, hope that they do get the season going on time. Uh, regarding the Phillies, beyond, of course, the MVP, Bryce Harper, um, I do like their starting rotation. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Ranger Suarez, a real pleasant surprise last year. Is that uh, a real strength for them right now, do you think, the starters? I, I mean, I do. I think personally, I did. Nola had an up and down year yeah. last year. I know people, I mean, because, I mean, it's not that hard to have. I mean, it is people don't realize how hard it is to pitch at Zach Wheeler uh, and Aaron Nola level, you know, down below, have an ERA below three in the mid twos and stuff. They don't know how hard that is that, to accomplish something like that for, for a whole year. I mean, that's the Cy Young caliber type stuff you're putting into talking, and that's why Zach Wheeler was that close to getting it. And, uh, you know, but I think uh, our pitching staff, uh, it's young enough, and it comes down it comes down to the automatic, uh, the word health, and that's what's hurt Eflin, which I thought he was going to be a huge benefit last year if he could stay healthy. I mean, and, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard. You, you, I mean, it's, it's like playing on the roulette table. I mean, you're rolling the dice or, you know, the – if, if people were going to have injuries, I was a part of that. Uh, I mean, because if you got your health, you got a chance to do things. And those guys got uh, the stuff and they got the experience now to do things. They know what it takes to get them through a year. And hopefully now they, they barring any, any, they come healthy when they start spring training and, and they're able to build and, and, and leave it all on the field. Because I think the capability is there. They got, Four guys that can give you innings now, I think, and that's a huge thing. Uh, you got guys can go, you know, six, seven, eight innings. I mean, it was back in the day. I wasn't happy at all, you know, if I couldn't work into to the to the set. I mean, get through seventh inning or so, you know. Say, I mean, especially if I was trying to get to the eighth or more. I mean, you prepare yourself physically to go to complete the game. You know, you want to complete the game, but there's times you know you want to go as deep as hard as you can. And uh, the game has just changed now, you know, with the with the eight with the how many guys you got in the bullpen. You very you don't see the, the starter going that deep anymore, and unless he's got something special going, you know, it's just a different way they handle things now. So, but I still like I think our guys can give us that six, seventh eighth seven get us into seventh eighth inning, you know, at times and on a consistent basis if they're healthy. What did you think about the the approach that the Phillies seem to take? Uh, before the lockdown, they know it was coming. A lot of teams signed players. The Phillies, not so much. Uh, they got rid of, like them or not, they got rid of Herrera. They got rid of McCutcheon. They've got two open outfield starting spots out there, uh, and they did not run out and get somebody before the lockout. So it seems like we got some big holes to fill. Well, you do. I mean, we got some hey, – to me, the winning, to winning a championship stuff, it starts on the, on the mound. You know, and they're and they've addressed. They're trying to address some problems they had in the bullpen with some with some different things. They're trying to add some arms and do different things that way. But your defense up the middle has got to be solid. And then I mean, that's going from second, short, center field. 
you know, is a huge thing. You got to have somebody out there can catch it, can roam it a little bit. And, uh, and I think they're, uh, they're going to have, I mean, there's obviously still people out there a little bit, but, uh, and it, and it comes down to the way I think the Phillies have always done this pretty well. They've never really, you never seen it really jump the gun and, and do something all right out of the bat and get that, you know, just go get somebody, you know, and it's always been a, a method, uh, a, a method behind the madness, say to speak. Um, you know, they, they do their do try to do their due diligence about things and, and try, try to make it worthwhile for the Phillies. And that's, that's smart business, but also, I mean, sometimes it's not as fast as the Philly fans want it. Well, you mentioned the bullpen, and they did add one arm. Uh, newcomer Corey Knabel, the former Dodger and Milwaukee Brewer. He's a 30-year-old right-hander. He just might be the closer this year. He was an all-star, all-star in 2017. Do you know much about him beyond that? Well, no, I mean, I, uh, me personally, just by watching him pitch before, you know, like you said, uh, obviously he had a real good arm now, uh, and, and, and he has just some experience doing that, which is that's what you can ask for. You've seen him at the top level doing it. You know, now he's been through some injuries. He got back, got a chance to get back with the Dodgers there at the end. He seemed to pitch well. So mm-hmm. hopefully his health is good and he can withstand the rigors of, of, of working out of that bullpen like Girardi wants to, wants to use him. And he gives us that, you know, that guy that he can have some maybe some confidence in at the end of the ball game that comes in and pounds the zone with his not just a fastball, but with his stuff, was a repertoire of pitches, you know. So and, and that's what you want your closer to do is do that, be able to throw strikes and and with your assortment of pitches you use. Hey, Tommy, you, you mentioned earlier about the rule changes. I have to throw this out here to you because I, I, I know I'm going to love your answer. Uh, we we had Mitch Williams with us, I guess it was last summer, not this past summer, summer before. <laughs> I bet so you, you know how this You know how his answer was. Yeah. So I have to ask you as a pitcher, what do you think about putting a ghost runner on second base for you? That's bullshit. Crap. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I mean, I, mean I, I feel like I'm back in Little League or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, in a big league ball game. I know they're – and here's the way I look. I know people want to speed up the games and stuff like that. And, and it is all tight. They'll tell you, well, we're saving bullpen arms and, you know, people health and all that. You know, I, I still think you're messing with the fabric or game, you know, with that type of stuff. And, and I, I just don't like it, you know, and I, I told, I've told some people, I was like, you know, people are trying to get out there early. I said, well, that's how, that's why we have uh Fransky in, in LA on the radio. They can go get in the car right? Start on the way home and listen to the radio on, you know, and that's just, I mean, uh, that's just as to me, I, I like doing that sometimes just to, to hear it, you know, I mean, you get to hear it good, you know, I mean, so, I mean, I enjoy that side of it too, but I hate, I do not like some of the things, you know, that they're trying to implement, you know, that being one, they've they implemented, you know, they're trying to change too much. I think the umpires do, I think the umpires do a, a good job too overall, so, I mean, sometimes we don't like them, you know, I mean, it is, I mean, we're all human, but not everything in life is perfect. And that's some of the things about baseball. I mean, that we, I, I miss the, the, the manager umpire interaction at home plate, you know, when yeah, you got, yeah. I mean, that's part of the fabric, you know, nothing better than a Billy Martin or Weaver freaking, you know, <laughs> Lou Pinella rant going on out there. I mean, and that's, I mean, that can fire your team up a little bit, but you know, there's a, I just hope they keep baseball, baseball. I mean, they're slowing it down with replays and all that stuff, you know, and it's gotten monotonous about that. That bothers me too. So, all I mean, right. I, we, can, we can talk about that stuff all night. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about something else. Uh, Tommy, your late teammate, the, the undisputed team leader of those 1993 Phillies, that of course being Darren Dutch Dalton. Yeah. He would have turned 60 years old on Monday. I know how much he meant to you. I can't remember if you told the story on here with us previously, but yeah. I know you've credited Dutch with saving your life in 2010. Yeah. Can you tell everybody about that? Well, I mean, and I say that um, everybody goes through uh, triumphs and and, and and disappointments and losing loved ones. And, uh, and it happened to me. I lost my first wife to cancer, uh, you know, back in 2010. And, uh, you know, when Darren died, you know, he, before that, um, he, uh, there's a young lady, my wife now, Wendy, uh, her name's Wendy Darling. She goes by that. That's her real name, believe it or not, Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, but uh, Wendy went up to him one, uh, and here's my famous say. She went up to him at a function and, you know, and and asked him about me. You know, this is, do you know Tommy Green? I mean, obviously, you know Tommy Green, and, you know, and all, and, and she told him how she knew me. And, uh, you know, because I met Wendy on my first spring break, first spring break, and his, uh, her first my first spring training and her first spring break. And we met each other down there, had a great time. She was with a bunch of her friends from, on, on that. And we just started my first spring training. So we had a great time. We never kept really in touch, but uh, we, for that week, we all had a, had a real good time down there while we, while we were there. And uh, she ran into him at that function, asked about me. And, I, and here's one thing I asked, what woman on the face of the planet goes up to Darren Dalton and asked about another dude? <laughs> true true yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like you know, that's my favorite saying but uh you know darren told her about uh what had happened in my life you know that i lost my first wife to cancer and wendy obviously knew I, me and her are right at the same age so she she knew my first wife Lori, was young and um and so she i mean that's how it connected you know she uh darren uh you know he said at the end of the night, she went up and gave him a card. She said, he'll remember me by my maiden name and, and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and she went to give him the card and, and he wrote, he said, no, Wendy, he said, he wrote, he took the card and he wrote my number on the back and took his phone out and wrote my number. And we don't give out numbers. Right. So, and he saw something, you know, with her that, and the people say Darren had a sixth sense about thing. When, and when I got a chance to talk to him about it, you know, he did, he says, Tommy, she did they said something was telling me, you know, so that's like, it, that's how we got reconnected, you know? So just, you know, I lived in Richmond. She lived up here. That's how our story kind of got started a little bit. And, uh, you know, and, and my life had got turned around because of, uh, you know, that meeting, you know, because I was in a dark place at one time, you know, you lose a loved one, um, you know, taken from you like that, you know, she died of cancer and, you know, and a lot of people's been through that process. They know what I'm talking about. And uh, it can put you in a little bit of a spot where you don't know where you're at. You don't know where you're going. And, but what that meeting, what Darren sort of did for me was kind of opened my eyes to, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. Change, change is good. They, you got to make a decision to move, to kind of look forward or, you know, try something new or, you know, that type of thing. So it lifted my spirits a little bit, you know, you, you make a new friend and, and that's what happened with Wendy and, you know, and it, it started from there. And, uh, you know, I, and I owed him for, I mean, I always told him, I said, Oh yeah, I will never be able to repay you because you, you bring happiness and, 
and something good in somebody's life. And you can't, you can't repay something like that. All you can do is give them a hug. And that's what we did every time we saw each other. We gave a, gave each other a hug and, and, and told each other how much we meant to each other. So, I mean, that's what I miss about him. And Tommy, there's uh, pictures from your 2013 beach wedding in Avalon, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, where'd y'all get those at? <laughs> oh, I, I have sources, pal. Yeah. And by the way, I've met Wendy, I think, three times, and she is just terrific. She is oh. incredibly nice and very personal. Oh, You've done good, Tommy. You can't get along good. with her. You don't get along with nobody. Yeah, I know it. Great, it's great people. Yep. Hey, great story. Hey, Tommy, before we run out of time, what do you have going on? You What what are you going to do during baseball season? And you have some spring training things lined up to do? Well, I mean, uh, I'm, for spring training-wise, I, I haven't heard anything about doing anything during that. I've never really done anything during spring training. But uh, you never know with some things. But during the season, this I mean, I haven't done any NBC stuff ever since COVID hit. But uh, – but I haven't been contacted about that either. So we'll, we'll see. We do, we usually do some radio stuff. I do, we, I do some stuff with WBCB uh, uh, throughout the year. Um, I'm involved with uh, Bucks County water and sewer. Uh, I'm the ambassador spokesperson for those guys up here and Grandview health. So uh, up here in Bucks County. So I, I do different things throughout the year with them, with those, with those people. They're such good people up here and they do, do a wonderful, wonderful job for our community up here, but, uh, baseball wise, I hope to be around the ballpark a little more, uh, than I have been in the past couple of years, you know, hopefully, you know, with the Phillies and, and, and we can get baseball going and, and everything is open. You know, it didn't open up the halfway up you know, right at halfway through last year, really. And I didn't get a chance to go to too many games. So, uh, so hopefully this year will be a little bit different. I can be around the yard a little bit more. Well, Tommy, I know we said 15 minutes and, uh, I'm going to keep you to that almost, except I have one more thing I got to squeeze in here. We right. talked about this in your 2018 visit, but now that we have this fabulous video thing, I'm going to show this because I'll tell you, this just never, ever <laughs> gets old. I think you know what I'm going to show, right? All here. eyes are on Tommy Green. Two outs, no base, runners, ninth inning. Green working on a no-hit, no-run game. Tim Wallach is 0 for 1, has walked line to right and walked. Hard ground ball, great grab, Green, it's over, he's pitched a no-hit, no-run game, making the final out himself. You've probably yeah. seen that a few times, Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah. I miss, you know what I miss every time I say? I miss Harry. I miss, oh, yeah. Harry. I miss Harry's voice. We all miss Harry. I had a lot of good times with Harry on the on the plane rides, man. He was. I like, bet you did. Listening to him talk, man, it was awesome. Yeah. Good deal. Well, Tommy, we appreciate you coming by. As Chet said, we're going to keep on time. Thank you so much for doing that, and uh, Happy New Year to you and your family. Uh, you got it. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's always good talking baseball and about Dutch, man. It's awesome. All right. Thanks, Tommy. My best to Wendy. You got it. I'll tell her. All, All right. right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, All right, Chet. Good stuff, huh? How about that? That was awesome. Yeah, we could do that for an hour. Easy. All right, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Well, Bill, you know that's true, and I don't have the graphic up uh, just yet, but I'm going to find it. So uh, let's see. Where is it? There it is. Allstate. Here we go. Yeah, Bill, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-for-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-for-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, PA, that is Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 
0700. And once you do that, you can start to save more because you are driving less. And I'll build another word from another sponsor. Boy, could I go for a nice cold white beer from Miller? So I thought I'd just pop in at my favorite hangout and have one with the guys. Well, the whole gang drinks light. Oh, sure, there's a lot of other light beers around, but we all agree the light beer from Miller tastes terrific. And get this, it's less filling. John, how many times have I told you, use the door, huh? I forgot, I'm sorry. Light beer from Miller, everything you always wanted in a beer, and less. Like I was saying, light beer tastes great. And another thing. <laughs> okay, not a sponsor, but I just had to do that. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, it takes you back a few days, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are right. the days. Well, hey, Chet, uh, the Sixers, your team, they've won four in a row. They're riding the back of your boy JoJo Embiid. Uh, he's playing pretty good. Uh, they're still in the sixth spot in the in the East. Um, Tobias Harris has a problem with you, pal. You're a fan. <laughs> I- he ain't happy with the fans. Now his teammates are defending him calling out the fans um sixers are seven or seven and eight at home 13 and eight on the road what do you make of all that okay first of all tobias you gotta just suck it up and accept <laughs> an occasional boo i mean you know these are philly fans Embiid knows that and he says hey he loves philly fans occasionally that's gonna happen don't worry about it tobias you're making 39 million dollars a year you're making more money than joel Embiid this year okay suck it up Play hard. Don't worry about the occasional booze. And don't tell them to stop effing clapping when, you know, you make a shot. It's not going to fly in this town. As for Joel Embiid, I don't know if you know this, Bill, but he is the Eastern Conference Player of the Month for December. He averaged 29-plus points, 11.2 rebounds a game. He's got seven straight road games with 30-plus points. He's been a beast, and nearly solely why they've gotten this little win streak going and have moved up in the East. They're actually in the fifth seed now, Bill, because Cleveland dropped down to six with their loss last night. So the Sixers are in the fifth seed. And Embiid also, I mentioned this previously, he leads the league in clutch points. He's got 96 clutch points. That's, you know, points in a tight game in the final minutes of a game. He's by far ahead of the second guy, which is – DeRosa. So who, who made that stat? I don't know. It's a new stat, Clutch but I like points. it. The guy is good down the stretch in tight games, clearly. So <laughs> lay off is what I'm saying, Bill. Get off his back. Well, hey, hey, I am I am happy to see that he is in the lineup tonight. He didn't lay out. He's getting what's he played like eight games in a row now. Yeah. yeah. Well, look I, at that. Imagine what the man would do if he played, say, 72 to 75 games a season. It only took a couple nights off. And showed he, up every night and played like a beast. He would have been MVP last season. We we all know that. And right now, the Sixers can make some hay in the East. They got the Magic tonight, the worst team in the league. Then they have a couple of bad teams ahead, the Spurs, and then the Rockets, and then a 500 Charlotte Hornets team next week. So, I mean, they can theoretically win these next four. Every team is a little shorthanded right now, including the Sixers. We still don't know what's going on with you-know-who. So uh, let's just hope they keep moving up and improve their playoff seating. Well, there's still there's a it's very early five minutes to go in the first quarter and they're down five. But okay, it's first quarter basketball doesn't mean a thing. You know that. Neither does the second or third quarter in that league. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, yeah, I mean, Embiid is playing good. You'll get it from me, and you'll get it from me when he's not. But uh, right now he's playing good. I, I say the same thing. It seems like we've been saying this for three years, four years. Uh, this team, what whoever they are. 
needs to come together and not wait until the last week of the season to put all the right guys on the court at the same time and go into the playoffs. If they would play and stay healthy, obviously, and play their way through, I think they, they've got a really good team, but it just doesn't seem like it's ever together. Yeah, I mean, and heck, the coach has been out the last couple of games on COVID protocol. He's back tonight. Doc is back, but they won two games without him with Mr. Burke filling in. So uh, maybe they don't need the coach. Who knows? But uh, go Sixers. <laughs> There's and... some people to think that. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. So and now Ty- Tyrese Maxey out again on COVID. So it's that kind of season, both basketball and hockey, Bill. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk some Eagles. Jeez. Uh, uh Hats off to this bunch for making the playoffs yet. Uh, it hasn't been pretty, but like I said to Tommy, you know, it's not a beauty pageant. Um, these last handful of games against teams that were beat up, sick, and not very good, uh, but they took care of business. They won like they were supposed to. Yeah. I mean, you hear all the critics that they haven't beaten a good quarterback. They haven't beaten a a, a real good team yet this year, but Hey, they've won the great majority of the games against the bad teams that they should have, except for that first Giants game. And both the offense and defense have been playing a lot better since that awful 2-5 and five start. They're far from perfect. The D gives up too many long drives. The starts by the offense every game except the Minshew start has been not great. They're always you know, starting slowly. So that's a concern. You, you can't afford that when they play the better teams in the playoffs, as they will. But bottom line, they've won four straight, seven out of nine. They are in the dance, so they got a chance, and that's all you can ask for. And, I mean, let's face it, very few people predicted them to win nine or ten games this year. I did. I predicted a nine and eight season, and I cashed a little money. Thank you for that. Well, good for you. (laughs) Well, and I'll tell you, you know, I always preach on the offensive line, and, man, this bunch has been really good. And uh, they have been relatively healthy for the most part once they got settled in. Uh, I can't really say enough. You can talk about Kelsey forever, but can't say enough about Lane Johnson. When Lane Johnson came back from his his time off, uh, I think they lost the first game he came back. And after that is when they went on the run, and Lane has played as good a football as he's probably ever played, and it solidified that offensive line, and uh, they're awful good. They're And they're going to need to be because – uh, I'm, I'm not sure when they get into a receiver situation in a, in a lockdown type deal that they've got what it takes on the outside yet, other than Devontae Smith. But uh, if they can run the ball and play defense, they got a chance. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for. Like I said, Lane Johnson has been great. Jordan Mailata has been great. I think they both should have been, you know, given Pro Bowl honors, but neither did. Oh, well. Everybody's going to have a snub or two, you know, and uh, the Eagles are no exception. So uh, I'm excited. I mean, this Saturday's game means nothing um, to the Eagles anyway. The Cowboys, I mean, they could move to the sixth seed, but so what? The Cowboys means a little more to them. Eagles are probably going to lose that. We'll talk about that later. But we got an interview to get to, Bill. Well, one thing I want to make a note of next week, because we'll be getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, I don't know who our guests are going to be yet because you don't tell me that. No, I don't. Uh, but I want to make uh, we're going to take a window and we're going to talk about Howie Roseman's class of 2020. 2020. 2021. So 2021. So this past year. Yes. The Devontae Smith Lane Dickerson. Well, class. coincidentally, that comes up in this conversation that we're going to play for you. Oh, well, okay. 
Well, go ahead. <laughs> you talked to Dave Spadaro just yesterday. He couldn't be with us live because of his other activities. So tell us about it. Let's hear what he's got to say. I mentioned to Dave right up front, it's a very different uh, mood around the team and the city from the first time he visited 13 months ago. Here is my chat with Dave Spadaro. Well, this is going to be fun, making his second visit to Philly Press Box Radio. It is Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Hey, Dave, welcome. Thanks, Jim. Happy New Year to you. It, it, it is going to be fun because, can you believe it, the Eagles are in the playoffs. Well, I was just going to say, what a difference 13 months makes, Dave. When you joined us last season, December of 2020, the Eagles were coming off a bad loss to the Packers. And Carson Wentz, as it turned out, had just played his last snap as Bird's quarterback, benched in favor of Jalen Hurts. Now, Coach Doug Peterson is gone. Hurts is uh, looking better and better. And, oh, yeah, as you said, the Eagles are in the playoffs. So you're probably in a much better mood than you were last year when we had you on. Are you telling me, Jim, that I didn't predict that this is how these 12 months would go? I mean, uh, it's been a pretty crazy ride. Not only that, I mean, look, I, I, I've said this all year that every team, every organization goes through dips. And, you know, teams that are able to, franchises that are able to come through those downtimes quickly are generally the ones who, are, are the, who stand at the top, who stand the longest. And the Eagles, after one year of missing the postseason, uh, they have revamped with a new coach. Uh, they've built up with a really productive draft class, and they've reached the playoffs by turning the season around. And they've got three draft picks in the first round next year. So all in all, I mean, it is just an incredibly exciting time. And, and I, again, I give the Eagles a lot of credit for coming out of it. You know, Jim, one of the teams that I've always – I've never liked them, but I've admired the way the New York Giants have always done their business. Because even when they've had down times, they've always come out of those times quickly. But now you look up and you say, oh, my gosh, the Giants have five straight years with double-digit losses. That's just a little context for how quickly the Eagles have been able to come out of that really bad 2020 season. And really, even though they made the playoffs 2018, 2019, it wasn't the deep run, the, the success that people kind of expected. So to come out of it this quickly is really encouraging. Now, a lot of folks, and I will include myself in there, questioned the drafting of Jalen Hurts in the second round of 2020. He's gotten a whole lot of new believers, though, in the last few weeks. We know he's a smart guy and a hard worker, but can we say yet that he's going to be the guy for the next several years? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think it's really going to be great to see him in a postseason game to see how he responds to that, to a, an excellent defense. I think the Eagles are extremely impressed with the way he has – matured in the pocket you know he's obviously always had the skills to make plays with his legs um but things change so quickly in the league i, I think everybody's I, everybody always wants to know kind of the, the what's the end of the book read like i think it, you have to realize that in the nfl everybody really takes it day by day because you just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring but i will just say this everybody's really pleased with the way jalen has come along as in a way with his game awareness generally with his ball security uh, with the way he's seeing the field, it's gotten better and better. Still misses some throws, no question. Every quarterback does. Um, and he's a winner. I mean, look, he's, he's won at every single level. And in his second year, his first as a full-time starter, he takes the Eagles to the playoffs. I mean, that is a large and very important feather in his cap. Yeah, he's a winner, and he's clearly already a great leader. And speaking of great leaders, I don't know that an offensive lineman has ever been a team's MVP, but at 34 years old, this guy, Jason Kelsey, is having an amazing season, is he not? Yeah, he's an amazing guy having an amazing season who has just kind of rallied team rallies around him and other leaders. I mean, the, one of the un, you know kind of the unsung 
success reasons for success is the leadership of this football team. And and look, Jason's had a bunch of moving parts around him this year. Isaac Samalo injured, yeah. Brandon Brooks injured, Lane Johnson misses three games. Jordan Mailata is a starter for the first time really in his career uh, on a full-time basis. And Jason's kind of held everything together with a quarterback who's making his first full season as a starter. So um, amazing. And, and by the way, in addition to all these intangibles, Jason happens to be a great football player whose athletic ability to get to the second level is really why this offensive line is so special. The athletic ability that he has that Mylotta has, that Lane Johnson has, that Dickerson is developing, uh, allows this offensive line to be so great. And, and Jason is the brain of all of that. I hope he never retires. Every year we wonder about that. I hope he sticks around for quite a while yet. Uh, well, speaking of Kelsey, he, along with Dallas Goddard, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Fletcher Cox, Rodney McLeod, and a handful of other guys are on the COVID protocol list right now. Hopefully they'll all be fine for the playoff game a week from this weekend, but what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Assuming those guys are healthy, does Nick Sirianni decide to rest a bunch of players and you know just go out there and see whatever happens with whoever he's going to put on the field? Or do you get these guys one more week of playing time ahead of the playoffs? What do you think? Well, I think that, look, I grew up in the Andy Reid era, um, and Andy always rested his players. Um, yeah. With all of these guys coming off COVID, it might be tough for them to get back for Saturday. So I think you have to prepare for both. I don't know which way Nick is leaning it is really important to note that the Eagles really don't gain anything from this game, a sixth seed or a seventh yeah. seed. To me, you know, you, you, you want to do what's best for your football team. And if he does decide to rest and keep everybody fresh for the playoffs, I, I think fans, I think everybody would understand that, that line of thinking. Yeah, we still don't know who the Eagles are going to play. As I put up this graphic here, Dave, my head gets a little dizzy when I look at it. <laughs> there are various possibilities for the NFC playoff picture. Who would be the best possible opponent for the Eagles in terms of beatability? We know it's going to be probably the Bucks or Rams as far as the most likely opponent, but who would be the best possible opponent for the Eagles? It's a great question. I, I guess I would say Tampa Bay, given their injury situation and the Antonio Brown situation at wide receiver. You know, the Eagles defensively going against Tom Brady, they've seen him. Uh, they can run the football against Tampa. So maybe that. Look, I, mean, I think what's interesting about the, the league this year, Jim, is that, you know, the Rams five weeks ago, we were kind of writing them off. And now they've won five straight games. And, you know, Dallas was the anointed great team on the rise, challenging, going to win the NFC. They lose to the Cardinals. Cardinals were dead until they beat the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. I think every team has strengths. Every team has weaknesses. Every team has flaws. And the fact that the Eagles, with that offensive line, can run the ball, that they've got a quarterback who um, gives you a different dimension so he's a little bit more difficult to prepare for. I mean, look, I, I, I'm glad to be in there. I, I think the Eagles – I'm, I'm going to say Tampa Bay only because I think Tampa has a lot of issues happening right now. But then you've got Tom Brady, who's the GOAT. So who would want to see him in the playoffs? Yeah. Well, Dave, Howie Roseman is often a target of fans for what he hasn't gotten right. But his 2021 draft, and you kind of uh, alluded to this earlier as I put up a picture of these draft picks, the five first guys on that list have all been you know, pretty decent contributors this season. So does Howie deserve more credit than fans give him? Well, I, I mean, I, look, the fans are, are vocal, they're passionate, they're into it, they are free to say whatever they want to say. Uh, Howie has admitted that the Eagles in the past that he, he has admitted that the Eagles need to be better. I think the 2021 draft is a strong, strong draft. 
I think the way that he engineered for the future with three number one picks in 2022 puts this team in amazing shape to be in a position of power for the direct for the next spring. Now, Devontae is going to be a standout. Landon Dickerson is going to be a standout. The Eagles believe Milton Williams will be a standout defensive lineman. Zach McPherson has a chance to be a really good cornerback. Kenny Gainwell, I think, will be a valuable piece of the offense with a variety of things that he can do. I think he's a terrific player. Chuya Poloto, Poloto, don't sleep on him. He's got a chance down the line here to develop into something, as does Teron Jackson and Patrick Johnson. And then we saw Jacoby Stevens, who's been on the practice squad for much of the season, jumps up and makes a special teams presence felt uh, against the Washington football team. So really, really productive draft. Eagle did it the right way in 2021. And uh, it really does help you build your face. The thing about this team is as they, you know, kind of aged out of the 2017 Super Bowl team, where was that next wave of young talent? And they didn't have many picks in 2018, although they've signed them all and traded Matt Pryor. So in retrospect, that draft has come a long way. 2019, a difficult draft in that Miles Sanders is really kind of your only very productive player. Um, from that draft, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has been a role player. and He's played it well, but he hasn't been an impact player. So when you don't get that kind of impact from a draft, it does kind of catch up to you. The Eagles really replenished, I think, starting in 2020 and certainly in 2021. Just a couple more for you, Dave. I was thinking about this during the Giants game. And beforehand, I heard, you know, you on the WIP postgame show, as you are every week. And I want to ask you, on a typical day, we know you're on the WIP pregame show. You do a podcast a couple hours after the game ends. What exactly do you do during the game? Where do you watch the game? And do you have, like, other duties besides watching the game? Tell me about your, you know, typical game day experience. Okay, well, I also do a show on Fox, uh, Fox Game Day Live, that um, uh, we are we put together. Um, so I do Fox and, and WIP. I do a lot of stuff for our internet, for our website, uh, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. During the game, prior to COVID, for home games, I was on the sidelines. I do some hits on the board um, in stadium. On the road, I'm in the press box. And then when the game's over, Jim, uh, you know, at home, I would, after a win, on the field, interviewing a couple players, doing a website hit, then going into the interview area, whether that's the locker room or as it is now the hallways of both Lincoln Financial Field and wherever the Eagles are playing on the road, doing a bunch of interviews. So I'll write a column, post-game column for the website. I do two podcasts for um, Philadelphia Eagles. Doc, I'm sorry, for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, called the Insider Podcast, Eagles Insider Podcast, and Eagles Update. And then, you know, by the time I'm done writing my column, uh, finishing the podcasts, I've done all the interviews, then I conclude my post-game uh, with the Eagles' fifth quarter on WIP. It's about a 15-minute hit. So my days usually start for a 1 o'clock game. My day, I'm usually at the stadium by 9, and I'm out of there about 7.15 in the evening. And uh, and then it's time to celebrate a victory, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. And last thing, Dave, last week, of course, about eight days ago, we lost John Madden. What a legend. Not sure if you ever got to chat with him or not, but all of us of a certain age remember him very well, his incredible coaching record, his commercials, the Madden video game, and especially his time as a color commentator for NFL games. What do you think of when you hear the name John Madden? So I did meet him. The Madden team, when they were doing Eagles games, they would send the talent would come to Novacare or the vet, um, and they would come a day or two days in advance of the game, and they would watch the Friday practice, and then they would conduct interviews with players and Occasionally, I would have time to sit down with them and do some interviews with them and 
John was just a, it was somebody who was actually intimidating to me because he's been around the game so much, an icon in my eyes, somebody who was drafted by the Eagles in 1958 and, you know, was hurt that year, was tight with Norm Van Brocklin, called it the most important year of his life, then would launch his coaching career the next season. So, uh, you know, I had a chance to actually climb on the Madden um, cruiser. He never obviously flew. He always bussed around from city to city. Uh, so that was a big thrill in my younger days. And, you know, obviously I'm old enough to remember him as a coach and as a broadcaster and as an icon. And as somebody who's been in the NFL for 25 years now, to see the way the game has grown into this phenomenon in every way, John Madden is one of the reasons for that because he's been so incredibly able to reach different generations of fans, whether it's the video games for these young fans, the broadcast, the playing days, the coaching days for fans like you and I, although you're much younger. Um, you know, I just, I just, uh, I, I, I applaud the man for, for the, for what he's done for the game of football and for the NFL. And it was really sad news last week. And I'm, I, I thought the tributes around the stadiums around the league this, this week were wonderful. And, I think fans and media and everybody just really took it to heart that a, a genuine icon had passed. You only said one thing wrong there, Dave, and that's that I'm much younger. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, that's new, new year, new you. Okay. okay. <laughs> Check out Dave's Eagles Insider podcast and follow him on Twitter at Eagles Insider. Dave Spadaro, thanks for doing this, and go Birds. Jim, thank you so much for having me again. Go Birds, and um, let's see how far this team can go in the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how they stand up against the best competition in the NFC. Yes, sir. Boy, that was good. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he, he thought I looked young, so well, kudos man, to Dave. We'll, we'll skip that part. He's just trying to make <laughs> you feel good. <laughs> no, it was really good. Dave, you know, Dave, what's that, it's only the second time he's been with us, I think. Yeah. But both times, just honest to the core. Uh, you know, he gets a bad rap as being a, you know, a, a company guy. That's not what we've seen with him. We see an honest guy that calls it the way he sees it. And, uh, yeah. He yeah. admitted some of the drafts weren't great, 2018, yeah. 2019, and uh, things are starting to get better. And as you said, going into that, the 2021 draft is looking pretty darn good right now because virtually everybody, the top five guys anyway, are all contributing, which is nice. That's what you want. Yeah. And and I'm, one other thing I was going to mention to you anyway, and he actually mentioned it, and, and I'm a little surprised that he mentioned it. Um I'm kind of I find it interesting that the fans seem to want to make Jalen Hurts earn this situation. The guy's played really good, you know. Uh, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but he has done a solid job since they got him out of the beginning of the season, where everything was kind of on his shoulders and doing the RPO. Fans aren't aren't sold yet, and and Dave even mentioned that maybe the Eagles aren't sold yet. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I was curious uh, to see what he would say about that. And he said he's not going to guarantee that he's going to be here forever. But he is certainly going in the right direction. And I think another thing that works in Hertz's favor is his personality and you know his dealings with the media, what he says. He says all the right things. He always looks cool as a cucumber. The way he handled the incident down at FedEx Field with uh, you know the barrier coming down. It's like, oh, I'll move out of the way. I'll help this guy up. It was like not a huge deal. And then he writes the nice letter to the Washington football team about it. So he's certainly making all the right moves off the field. And he's continuing to get better on the field, most importantly. So I'm hoping he is here for a long time.
Yeah, I mean, and and his history at Alabama and Oklahoma and that whole deal at Alabama was nothing but nothing but class. And uh, you know, he he has done a nice job. That's that's a, that's what I could go by. What's he do on the field? And um, like you say, he's got a long way to go. But I'm not running out drafting a quarterback in the first round because this kid can't play. I'm not going there. Yeah, I'm with you, Bill. And uh, you know what? I think we should get to our picks. And I was going to play Merrill, but we don't know. We're running behind schedule. Let's get to our picks. Are we behind schedule in a couple minutes? All right. We've reached, we've reached week 18 of our predictions. What are our standings going into the final regular season week, Jet? Hey, I'm on fire, Bill. Uh, mm. A second straight perfect week for me. I was the only guy who predicted the Cowboys would lose to those visiting Cardinals. I thought they might be smelling themselves a bit after blowing out the awful Washington football team. Well, let me pat myself on the back, first of all. And uh, I was 4-0. You guys were both 3-1 and last week. Good week. So heading into the final week of the regular season, I have joined Boop at the top of the heap. 46 and 24 we are which is not bad and you were just two games back still at 44 and 26 but as noted at the top we will extend this competition and the standings all the way through the postseason so you don't have to make up the two games this weekend bill we're going to go right through the super bowl all right well let's do it uh we've added some games since the nfc east teams are playing each other there would only be two games so we've got the chargers versus the raiders in vegas chargers are minus two and a half 49ers versus the Rams in L.A. The Rams are minus four. Patriots versus Dolphins in Miami. Patriots are minus seven. Giants versus the team getting a new name soon in Washington. The football team is minus six and a half. At last, the Cowboys visit the link to face the birds. Cowboys minus seven. <laughs> so who does Boop like in Chargers versus Raiders? Chargers minus two and a half. All right. As is my uh, customary tradition, I've printed out Boop's picks. I have not looked at them. So this will be news to me. Let's see. Uh, Chargers and Raiders, you said first? Yes. All right. Um, Boop says the Raiders are four and four at home, but two wins were in overtime. Another one was just by four points. It's a long way from Oakland. Boop's pick is the Chargers. He says, if you want to bet, L.A. has put up 28-plus points in five straight games. Take their and or the game point total for some over rides. So he likes the Chargers. I am taking the Las Vegas Raiders at home. I just think that stadium is going to be electric, uh, a real good season for Vegas, surprising. And I think the fans are going to be there to encourage them. And even though they're two-and-a-half-point dogs, I'm taking the home team, Vegas. I am taking the Chargers in this game, uh, although the Raiders need to win this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers, minus two and a half. Okay. 49ers so, versus Rams, Rams minus four. Who you like? I'm going to give you Boops first. Um, 49ers at Rams. The Rams, says Boop, are as hot as any team right now. As Dave mentioned, they've won five in a row. They are going to remember the 31-10 November 15th Monday night beatdown. Yeah, 49ers did that to them. His pick is the Rams. Want to bet? Final week notwithstanding, L.A. might put a 50 spot on the board. Take the over on their point total. So he likes the Rams. I like the Rams as well. And I like the Rams as well, too. And the Can't 49ers will be eliminated from the playoffs if the Saints win. That's right. All right. Patriots versus Dolphins in Miami. Patriots minus seven. Dolphins are out of it. Uh, but Dolphins, until they lost last week, were playing really good ball. Um, who do you like? 
Yeah, uh, we, we want to see them lose also because that helps the Eagles with uh, getting the Miami draft pick. Boop says, losing by 31 to snap a seven-game winning streak? Hard to do, Miami. His pick is the Patriots. He also says, if you want to bet, go over, which in 22-9-1 and in the final week of the last two seasons, I don't know what that means. Uh, I guess a lot of teams score a lot of points in the final week of the last couple of seasons. Okay. He likes the over. He likes the Patriots. I like New England also. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Wow. Uh, only because I think that uh, – I don't think the Mac – Mac Jones will play much. Belichick, Belichick usually doesn't take his foot off the gas, but Miami's going to try to close this season out. They've, they've had a nice season as it finished up. I think they're going to come out and play hard. They're at home. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins in that one. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, Giants at the team getting a new name. <laughs> Giants at uh, what used to be the Washington, or still is for now, the Washington football team. Uh, Boop says the Giants have scored all of eight offensive touchdowns in their last 30 quarters of play at home. His pick is the WFT. Want to bet? This also looks like an under, he says, to us with both offenses mailing it in after the break. Boy, is this going to be an exciting game, Washington and <laughs> the Giants. I'm taking Washington also. The Giants yeah, stink. I think you have to take Washington. The Giants are just brutal. Yep. All right. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys minus seven. This is a tough game to pick because you don't know who's going to play. I think it means more to Dallas than it does to the Eagles. I agree with Dave that the Eagles are not going to play most of the key guys. All things being equal, as Boop says, as in random seating and on the line that will mostly depend on Sunday games anyway, and a Saturday night game in South Philly, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Whoa, Boop's pick, though, is the Eagles. That surprises me. I would not have guessed that. You can't change this, Boop. You're stuck with the Eagles. Want to <laughs> bet? Bird's slow starts and the great late defense has under written all over this one. So he's taking the Eagles and a total points under. I disagree. I think Dallas wins this one. They would like the higher seed. Right now, they're somewhere between two and four. I think they'd like to move up for, you know, future round playoff uh, matchups. So I think Dallas has a lot more incentive than the Eagles. I'm picking the Cowboys. Boop's taking the Eagles. Yeah, I think I have to take the Cowboys, and that just kills me. But, yeah, you know, what is there, 12 names on that COVID list? And there's really no reason to rush any of the 12 back. Um, so if you come in 12 guys short and you go to play with your practice squad, uh, I, I just – I'm with you. I think the incentive goes to the to the Cowboys on this. Although one. maybe Gardner Minshew will start and throw for 350 yards in the Eagles. Gardner Minshew is not going to be a problem if he starts. Yeah. He'll have a good game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, if you don't have your offensive line and you don't have your running backs, um, you know, if you're out 12 guys, Gar Gardner Minshew could play in this league or has played in this league. He's not going to be the problem. Is there a college game Monday night? There is, and we're going to throw <laughs> that one in here too. Alabama, Georgia, Chet. Who's Boop got? Boop likes Georgia. I don't follow the college game as closely as you, so uh, I'm just flipping a coin inside my head, and I'm taking Georgia to win this one, Bill. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, I, I go with Saban like I hate to go with Belichick, but you're the king until you're not the king. Uh, Saban always gets his guys ready to go. They thumped Georgia just a couple weeks ago. Uh, which surprised me, but that's what Saban's about. I, I have to go with Alabama. 
I believe right. Alabama will win that game. And we're going to count this one in the standings, correct? We are. Okay. So I got think it. I got my two made up. I'll be back in the hunt. Come. All right. Good luck. All right. Okay. Uh, let everyone know where they can follow Boop at Boop Stats and everything he has going on. Yeah. I have to put this up here, okay? Okay. Because now I know that I made the right choice uh-huh. because Joe Howe said Boop and Chet are correct. <laughs> so I know, I know that I'm good. You mentioned Joe Howe, and I'm going to mention him again in just a minute. Um, Boop is a big contributor to the website bettersinsider.com for all kinds of betting information and even more on Twitter. Uh, you can check Boop Stats. That is at Boop Stats. And since you mentioned our buddy Joe, and I don't think he would mind if I mention this, Joe actually sent me something the other day. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the ugly Christmas sweaters and a certain Oh, Christmas yeah, you movie. are. Yeah, well, Joe sent me, sent me this the other day. Right here, that's a picture of the actual item that he sent me. It is, yes, the leg lamp from A Christmas Story, a beautiful uh, long sleeve T-shirt that I will wear proudly several times next December. So there you go, Bill. Good man, Joe. Good man. You're, You're jealous, aren't you? You're jealous. No, but you could have, could not have sent it to a better person, Joe. <laughs> and Thanks, by Bill. the way, Jet, hey, PJ says Alabama for the win by double digits. So Woo, okay, th- there you go. PJ knows what's going on. He's been paying attention. All right. All right, let's give a shout-out to all the shows that will be live on Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, Chet, including this one. This episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, like buttons, and share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, check out our partners in Philly Sports, including the Monday Mailbag Podcast with Joey Sharon. Available on Monday afternoons. Talking Philly Sports Podcast with Matty B joins the network with host Matt Fedarczyk on Tuesdays. Edge of Philly Sports Live. Join Joe, Freddie, and Big Al as they cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. They're live Wednesdays tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out Birds IQ with Kyle and Eric Quinn. They're live on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Talking Birds. Fridays with Freddie podcast with Freddie Burns on Friday afternoon. I didn't forget. I was going to circle back to Monday, the Broad Street Bully podcast, talking all things Flyers. And the Patterson Avenue Fanatics will be back on Saturday at 9 a.m. Join the gang for breakfast and great Philly sports talk. Don't forget, if you miss a show, you can grab all the podcasts on all the major platforms. Stay up to date on all the Philly sports by visiting eopsports.com and you can get the newsletter delivered to your email box on Friday mornings. And the Edge of Philly guys will be doing a live show at the South House for the uh, playoff game, wherever it is, whenever it is. So uh, something to look forward to. Edge of Philly guys live in Philly at the South House sometime a week and a half from now. That's right. Okay, uh, Philly Tours. Anything going on with them, Chet? Yeah, you know, same deal. Um, they will be involved in the playoff trip. We don't know where it's going to be. It could be Los Angeles. could be Tampa. could be Dallas. could be Arizona. But whatever it is, there will be a trip courtesy phillysportstrips.com. They will have all the information probably this Sunday night as soon as the games are over you know, where the trip will be and the prices and everything, check out phillysportstrips.com. They got a whole bunch of things coming up this spring, as we discovered last week in our chat with Vince Rizzuto. So check them out, phillysportstrips.com. 
All right. Who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Tommy Green and Dave Spadaro were good stuff. Yeah, we got another good one next week, Bill, because we are going to talk um, Eagles playoff preview. And who better to do that than the guy who's making his 19th oh, yeah. visit to our little show, Bleeding Green Nation, Big Mahoff, Brandon Lee Gowton. He knows about all things Eagles, and he will join us next week to talk about that Eagles, whomever, playoff matchup. Can't wait for that. Oh, always good to have BLG with us, that's for sure. All right, Chet, uh, let's uh, take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razes that give greater odds of winning. Who doesn't like to win, Chet? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right, PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Because we have run out of time, because we were a little over with both of our guys, let's hit our parting shots and we'll talk Flyers next week. All right. Bill, you did some of this last week, but it's kind of an annual tradition. So forgive me. I am expanding on it this week. Here you go. My parting shot is this. Every year I watch those famous people that we lost over the past year video pieces, and it always makes me sad, but yet I continue to do it every single year, and that was the case once again for 2021. Um, just a few days into the year, we lost Tanya Roberts. In August, it was the great Charlie Watts, the Rolling Stones drummer. And then New Year's Eve morning, we got the sad news about Betty White dying just 17 days shy of her 100th birthday. Well, the year 2021 had more lows than highs on the Philadelphia sports scene. Our teams were all pretty mediocre when all was said and done. And sadly, we bade farewell to a number of folks who made their name in Philly sports, as well as a slew of well-known national sports personalities. Let's start there. Uh, from the basketball world, we said goodbye to Paul Westfall, Elgin Baylor, Mark Eaton, and then just last week, Celtics great Sam Jones. We also lost hockey players, including Miracle on Ice center Mark Pavlich, Rene Robert, Tony Esposito, and Rangers legend Rod Gilbert. He was a good one. Also leading us race car greats Bobby Unser and Al Unser, golfer Lee Elder, boxers Leon Spinks, and marvelous Marvin Hagler, and even pro wrestler Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Sadly, there were a slew of football greats who left us, including Floyd Little. I think that was New Year's Day last year. Marty Schottenheimer, Vincent Jackson, Howard Schnellenberger, Jim Fossil, Bobby Bowden, of course, Mick Tinglehoff, Tom Matty, Sam Huff, Curly Cope, Demarius Thomas, sadly, and, of course, the great John Madden a few days after Christmas. Baseball greats who passed included Hank Aaron, Don Sutton, Mike Marshall, J.R. Richard, Bill Freehan, Bill Verdon, and a great guy who visited with us on Philly Press Box Radio three times over the last couple of years, Ray Fossey. I didn't mention these other names previously, but there were several names connected to the Philadelphia sports scene whom we lost. Among them, original Philadelphia Flyers forward and their first ever captain, Luan Gotti. Norristown native Tommy Lasorda, who of course made his claim to fame as Dodgers manager. Another Hall of Famer, legendary Temple basketball coach, John Chaney. West Philly hoops, great. Clarence Aggie Tillman, one-time Phillies owner, Roley Carpenter. Former Eagles, Irv Cross, Leroy Keyes, Rick Arrington, 
and a Hall of Famer who spent the bulk of his career with the Falcons, but was a key D-lineman for the 1980 NFC champion Eagles. That would be Claude Humphrey. And another guy who played just three seasons for Dick Vermeil's Eagles, the terrific guest here with us on Philly Press Box Radio, Denny Franks. Rest in peace, all, and thanks for the memories. You know, those are always good, uh, the way you do them, but always bad when you yeah. look at all the people that uh, that we lose each year. And one I missed, who I just found out about yesterday, Bob McCammon, the former Flyers coach, died a couple of days before Christmas at age 80. He was a yeah. two-time Flyers coach, actually. He succeeded Fred Sherrill, and then he succeeded Pat Quinn also. Yep. All right. Uh, I can't top that, so let's wrap, wrap it up. up, Bill. All right. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Tommy Green. And Dave Spadaro, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, January 12th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. On Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go birds. Happy trails to you.